It's Friday, Junior, and on tap tonight, my losers of the week featuring breakfast tacos, a side of Starbucks, and a homeless encampment bunker surprise. Then, an unvaxxed National Guardsman calls BS on the COVID policy threatening the service of our military members. Rounded out by my final thoughts on the illegal immigrant rapist the left doesn't want us to talk about. But I'm talking about it all, and it starts right now. It's nearing the end of another long week of idiocy, which means I've selected my losers of the week. First up is our first lady, Jill Biden. I don't know if she just had a real hankering for Mexican food or what, but perhaps a speech to the nation's largest Hispanic civil rights organization wasn't the place to satisfy that appetite. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. It still stuns me that Dr. Jill Biden, a supposed educator of minds, cannot pronounce bodega. I'm about as white as it gets. I only speak English. We have zero bodegas in my South Dakota hometown, but yet even I can pronounce freaking bodega. Now, look, I don't think Jill meant it as racist, insensitive, or in a derogatory way, but the fact that she said it, even if it was written for her, is about as tone deaf as it comes. And given who she's married to, that's a high or rather a low bar. But the internet had a field day with it, though. From Jill's breakfast tacos to Hunter's CNX Tuesday rage text, I'd like to be a fly on the wall at the next Brandon family Thanksgiving. P.S. I asked my Cuban-American fiancé which variety of breakfast taco he'd like to be identified as, and he's still getting back to me on it, so stay tuned. But meantime, my next loser of the week is Starbucks. Starbucks is reportedly closing its doors in 16 locations due to unsafe conditions for its workers and patrons. Want to guess where? Seattle, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, D.C., and Portland. Knock me over with a feather. I don't wonder why. I know it's because large swaths of these cities are lawless, dangerous, and serve as outdoor hotel accommodations for an increasingly drugged out and violent homeless population. But Starbucks execs aren't going to come out and say that. Instead, their senior VPs of operations sent out a memo citing personal safety, racism, lack of access to health care, a growing mental health crisis, rising drug use, and more as the reason certain stores are closing up shop. Racism and a lack of access to health care. Yeah, pretty sure racism or restricted abortions aren't what are making your stores unsafe, Starbucks. Call it like it is and wake up and smell the coffee. But speaking of smells and the homeless, check this out. Police in, where else, California, discovered a homeless encampment underground bunker full of stolen goods, including power tools, construction equipment, shotguns, and boxes of ammo. The bunker, reportedly built and operated by homeless people, is built into the side of a creek and is equipped with electricity likely plugged into someone else's power source. Imagine if these homeless individuals dedicated as much energy into working and being productive members of society as they did stealing equipment and building a bunker like that one. 
But the Golden State is really the loser in this situation. California Democrats chirp on and on about guns and red flag laws and background checks, and yet they can't even keep them out of the hands of homeless individuals who steal them and proceed to hide them in bunkers on the side of creek beds. Lord almighty, the irony is thick, and those are my losers of the week. Next, the U.S. government implemented a COVID vax deadline for National Guard members and reservists, but tens of thousands refused. And one of those conscientious vax objectors joins me next. If you know me, you know how I feel about vaccine requirements. Not a fan. I, for the life of me, can't figure out why a COVID vaccine mandate is necessary for anyone, given the fact that COVID vaccine doesn't prevent infection or transmission. But sadly, the United States Army doesn't see the logic because they implemented a VAX requirement for Army Guard and Army Reserve members with a deadline of June 30th. We are now well beyond that deadline, and thanks to it, tens of thousands of National Guardsmen and reservists are barred from service and, in many cases, payment. According to an official Army statement put out July 1st, members of the Army National Guard and Army Reserve refusing the COVID-19 vaccination are no longer allowed to participate in federally funded drills and training and will not receive pay or retirement credit. Now, the policy won't apply to those with pending or approved exemptions, but excuse me, the only reasoning these Guard members should have to cite is their personal health decision not to get a jab that, once again, doesn't prevent infection or spread. But I don't have to tell my next guest that. He's a captain in the Tennessee Army National Guard. He served his country and community for 10-plus years. And, oh, yeah, he's unvaccinated and proud. Here now is Mickey Shelton. Thank you for having me. Thank you Pleasure. for being here. I know that you guys have been really vocal about this at the state level, but this is a national issue, too, and there are tens of thousands of Guards members who are not compromising their personally held medical decisions and beliefs, and they're not caving, and those people are really in limbo right now. But tell me what it's been like and where we go from here. So, you know, what we've seen, and we even addressed this with the governor first off, you know, it's been over a little over a year and a half that we've tried to express our opinion saying, hey, we, one, we think this is wrong. Two, it's not stopping anything. People are still getting COVID. And they've just ixnayed the whole thing about natural immunity. You know, they haven't been talking about that. No studies done. And there's actually an Army regulation done on natural immunity that 40-562 that states if you have natural immunity, you don't need to get a vaccine. But they're completely ignoring that. So what we're seeing now is within the Tennessee National Guard is at least 500 plus soldiers is since July 1st is no longer allowed to go to drill. They're on no pay status and this affects, it, it could be a single mother, um, you know, that, that might be a portion of her rent or her mortgage for the month or trying to feed her kids. So this really affects them. So they need some type of supplemental income. Um, and not only that, it, it's bigger than that. You know, if you add in the exemptions, religious and medical, um, it, that, could, that number could be 1,000 to 1,100 and there's only probably about a little over 10,000 National Guard members here in Tennessee. So that's a 10% force reduction. That's huge. I mean, could that make us combat ineffective? I mean, with China and Russia at our doorstep right now, and they're also having recruitment issues. And this nationwide, it's 40 to 60,000 if you add in the reserves. And according to a, a whistleblower here just recently, um, you know, 120,000 just in the Army nationwide. So it's the wrong time to be depleting our force when we have recruitment issues. Yeah, no kidding. And again, we'll emphasize a vaccine that does not prevent 
transmission or infection, you can still get COVID. It's personal. If you want to lessen your symptoms, if you're worried about your personal health, go and get the COVID vaccine. But if you've already had it, or quite frankly, it's just not something you want to put in your body, you should have that, right? Every American should, but especially those that are defending and serving our countries and our communities. But let's talk about the exceptions, because I know that I have a friend in the Navy who tried to get a religious exemption when this all started and she was denied and before she was denied, she had to go through a lengthy process. She had to have her religious leader in this, in this case, her pastor basically testify in a document that she was in mm-hmm. fact religious. They essentially had to have character witnesses saying that she was indeed religious and she had these uh, held beliefs against vaccines or against this vaccine. And she was still denied. Tell me what those exemptions have been like when it comes to the national guard. So, so I know the Navy, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they have a stay order, and even the Navy SEALs got an exemption, and even a Navy lieutenant just recently won just for strictly refusing. So I'm not sure uh, why that's still happening, but you know how that process works. You know, If you have a sincerely held belief, you can go to your chaplain there in your unit, and you let them know, hey, I would like to submit a submission or an exemption. And then that process goes up after it's approved, it goes up to the chain of command, it's done at the state level, and then it gets sent to, ultimately to the Surgeon General uh, Dingle of the Army. And he has the final approval. But really where the disconnect is, is they're not really approving any of these. You know, a little over 100 in the entirety of the military has been approved for exemptions. Uh, religious exemptions. And these are people that's already getting out of the military. So they know that they're not going to be there anymore. And, so, and I, personally, I think that's a wrong. Uh, that's wrong. It's a violation of the Equal Opportunity Act. You know, we talk about race, um, you know, gender and religion and all of our courses and, and classes in the military. But when it comes to religion, we're just ignoring this right now. And it's a violation of, of the Religious Freedom Act. And that's what we're seeing right now. You know, personally, you know, I had to get a, a letter from my chaplain and you know just to attest like hey you know i've this has been my religion forever i've had this on my dog tags um you know i've had a chaplain even in tennessee medical command when we were um that was our last day to kind of get the shots um he was trying to talk me out and same religion try to talk me out of uh my own religion saying telling me the reasons that i provided wasn't valid you know uh, as far as the fetal cells you know in the vaccine or whatever it may be getting into abortion whatever it may be he tried to tell me that hey it's a losing cause you don't need to do this what's so weird to me is when it comes to covid it seems like that trumps all else COVID for two plus years in this country has run everything. And then it became a little bit less politically convenient to ramrod COVID restrictions down everyone's throat, though I do think the midterm strain is coming back. But it has really trumped everything and everybody that had held beliefs, whether it comes to vaccines or religion or personal health and personal health freedom, all those individuals that had that, it it kind of went out the window because this larger narrative of COVID trumped everything. But It's so bizarre to me that we're still pushing this, even at this point when we've got variant after variant after variant, now in most cases very mild. Everybody at this point that I know has had COVID or has had COVID multiple times. A lot of people that are in the military are incredibly healthy, physically fit. They don't want to get a vaccine. And it pains me that you even have to go to the the religious element of it. Why can't it just be, this makes no logical sense. It makes no sense. I'm not harming anybody else. Why do I have to get one, two, three, four shots in my arm? And we've talked about this on my show so much, but I'm so mm-hmm. passionate about it. If you gave your dog four rabies shots in a year and the dog still got rabies one, two, three, four times, you'd probably yeah. stop putting rabies shots in your dog. But for some reason, 
we don't see that when it comes to human beings. But your personal situation, was there a time when you thought, you know what, I just don't even want to fight, just jab me up? You know, there was a time because, you know, I, I was offered a, a command position. Uh, you know, I was offered, you know, training and, and schools and things like that. And a, a job actually being on COVID orders here in the state to go help other patients. And I couldn't go do that because, you know, the, the TAG, the Adjutant General uh, Jeffrey Holmes of our state that's over the National Guard had said, came down with a, an order. If you're not vaccinated, you can't go on any orders of that uh, nature. And so I couldn't even help other people that was suffering from COVID. Um, so it was very detrimental to me, you know, and, and I've already previously had COVID in Fort Hood, recovered quickly. And it, it's crazy, you're talking about vaccinations, um, you know, with the military, but we're among the most vaccinated, healthy people when it comes to that here in, here in the country because we get jabbed with so much stuff. And, you know, there's been so much, I always get the question, well, you know, you've taken so many other vaccines, why not just get this one? What's, what's the difference? You know, your government property. But people forget we do have some rights. And what separates the COVID vaccine from these others like anthrax or uh, whatever, um, or flu, is that there's little study done on it and it was emergency use authorized. And really what was supposedly supposed to be emergency use authorized that they said through the Pfizer BioNTech, um, they completely changed the name, I, I, I might butcher this, but community. And so when we went to medical command, it was a completely different uh, vaccine with different ingredients, uh, different label. So it was experimental. So it was a bait and switch. And to me, that sounds like fraud. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not a legal expert, not a medical expert. This whole thing is flipping experimental because mm -hmm. we don't know the long term side effects of a covid vaccine. And I know that it's taboo to say that and we're not supposed to talk about it. And it's one of those things that how dare you question the vaccine? Well, I've been vocal about it from the get go. It's OK to question things. It's OK to question big pharma. The fact that we can sit here in the United States of America and be flagged on Twitter, on social media and everywhere else for questioning a vaccine is ridiculous to me. We have every right to question it. We have every right to question long-term symptoms and, and side effects of this vaccine. But again, going back to the main point here is that it doesn't prevent infection or spread. So if somebody says, listen, it's not for me, that should be enough because you're not harming anybody else. Listen, that to me, there should be end of discussion. But I think our governors could be doing more in Tennessee. Our governor could certainly be doing more. We've got great leaders like Ron DeSantis in Florida, who's really put his foot down, not only in protecting military members, but protecting the citizens of Florida against these arbitrary vaccine restrictions. Mm -hmm. But here in Tennessee, we have a Republican governor. And once again, same song and dance. He's not doing a whole lot. You know, uh, we've had and this is what it all boils down to for me. Um, my soldiers, my fellow soldiers, men and women in the uniform. And when I know that they're getting the first round of shots and they have heart issues now and they may have to wear a heart monitor for the rest of their life, probably, and they're told to get the second shot or you're gonna be kicked out, no pay, no benefits, no health insurance, that, that kills me, you know, and, and that's one of many stories just in the Tennessee National Guard. But you're not allowed to say that, right, though? No. Because uh, it's been, people that have certain side effects or symptoms, they're told that there's no way it could be the vaccine, don't even talk about it being the vaccine, you're immediately cut off of the knees as soon as you even question the vaccine and its efficacy or mm -hmm. its effects or its symptoms or its long-term effects. You're not even allowed to say that mm -hmm. without essentially being a social pariah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in, in exactly that. And, you know, there's just such discrimination against us, you know, and we're silenced. 
and you know it's it's really horrible. I mean, it's it's religious discrimination, um, violations of HIPAA. I mean, you name it across the line. Uh, you know, even Congress. Um, you know, they have to approve defense budgeting. You know, what's the National Defense Authorization Act? And so that's the legislative body that makes laws. We, the people, elect them, but yet you got the executive branch coming down and just putting out a mandate, overruling that, saying, well, if you refuse the vaccine, don't have any exemptions, we're just going to overrule that. So now there's a breakdown of our law and, and our constitution, how our government works. So us military members, we're even wondering why we're still serving anymore. You know, if we're not upholding the law and going abiding by that, what are we doing right now? But, you know, talking about the governor, like you mentioned earlier, you know, we held a guard freedom rally here in Nashville and, and we had so much support from state representatives, state senators. We even got the uh, lieutenant governor, the speaker to come out in support. Even Marsha Blackburn uh, came out and wanted to propose a bill. Senator um, Blackburn is, is fantastic. And yep. She's doing great right now for us, um, and we hope that that gets passed again, depending on the midterms. But you know, we we asked Lee, hey, meet with us. I even talked to his chief of staff for two weeks, and he blew me off. And we pleaded and pleaded, and as the deadline got closer, and us going through the chain of command, nothing happened. Nobody wanted to do anything. They said their hands are tied. It just is what it is. You take it or get out. But mm. all these issues going on, it's so frustrating. Like, what else do we do? And when it comes down to my my soldiers' health and welfare. We were taught as leaders that we are supposed to stand up and speak out against that, as, no matter how hard that is. And what's my risk? You know, if the government really wanted to silence me, I'm sure they could put me in Leavenworth right now, um, even though I'm doing things legally right now. Um, but that's what I'm willing to risk because I care for my soldiers, I care for my country. But the governor has not responded. We delivered a letter with three requests to him at his office. And we asked him if there would be a time we could meet and his, his aide just kind of shoved it off and said, well, we'll have to get back to you. But yet he's had time to go on the radio and try to refute and give half truths and call legislators behind closed doors. And I know because I talked to the legislators. Um, so they tell me that, yeah, he's, he's trying to convince us, hey, this is okay, or whatever. And, and look, I, I'm sure he's a good man when it comes down to it. But, you know, evil triumphs when good men do nothing. And right now he needs to take a stronger stance. He doesn't need to just politely ask the Biden administration um, because if he believes there's federal overreach, if he believes this is a violation of medical freedom, and under Title 32, um, he, he's the commander-in-chief of the National Guard, yet we're federally funded. So if there's a confliction there and they're holding the state hostage over federal funding, he needs to take that to court to get that decided. If he really believes that instead of just politely asking. They're not going to accept these exemptions. Well, I've been really hard on Governor Lee because he has an R behind his name, and the R is for Rhino, in my opinion. And I know you can't put this out there, but I often wonder why he's been so silent on a lot of the COVID vaccine requirements and the COVID restrictions back when we had a lot of our major cities here in Tennessee shut down. Property tax increases because of it. It hurt a lot of people, certainly hurt the tourism industry here in Nashville when things were shut down. And he was largely quiet on it until other governors stood up and then it became more nationally popular. Then he had a chirp, chirp voice. But I think that there's something to be said here about what his ties are and what his allegiance is to certain medical whatever it may be, uh, big pharma connections. I don't know what it is, but it's very bizarre to me that he wouldn't meet with someone like yourself and, and hear it out, especially as a Republican who claims to care about freedom and liberty. But we appreciate your fight. You're going to keep fighting. And I give you a lot of credit for having the intentional fortitude to not only refuse a vaccine you don't want, but also to speak out about it. Because a lot of people want to say what you're saying, but they're terrified for their livelihoods, for their jobs, for their personal reputation and character to stand up and say something. 
So God bless you for doing it. You're leading the way for so many. Thank you. Thank Keep you. us updated too on Governor Lee because I certainly will be continuing to call him out. But still ahead, that 10-year-old Ohio girl who had to travel to a neighboring state to seek an abortion after being raped, yeah, it turns out she was raped by a monster who had no legal right to be in this country in the first place. And you bet I have some final thoughts. That's next. Liberals were outraged, and rightfully so, to hear the story of a 10-year-old Ohio girl who was forced to travel out of state to get an abortion after being raped. That leftist public outrage quickly dissipated, though, when the news broke that the girl's rapist was none other than an illegal immigrant who had and has no legal right to be here in the first freaking place. Oh, you know I have some final thoughts. The story of an innocent 10-year-old Ohio girl forced to flee to neighboring state Indiana to seek an abortion after being raped made national and even international headlines after it was reported by the Indy Star earlier this month. Abortion advocates pointed to this story and this horrific situation as evidence of why abortion needs to remain legal in the wake of the Roe v. Wade overturn. And guess what? I don't disagree with that premise. Y'all know my stance, whether some conservatives like or agree with it or not. I believe abortion needs to be safe legal, restricted, and rare, but not illegal. And the case of this 10-year-old girl is a perfect example of why. And I get the outrage, I do. But when the news broke yesterday that this little girl's rapist is this man, Gerson Fuentes, an illegal immigrant who confessed to raping a child on multiple occasions, the left suddenly got quiet. What the hell for, guys? Activists, feminists, why so quiet? Could it be your narrative is now a little conflicted given you believe rape is a condition for abortion, but also think illegal immigrants ought to be protected or at least allowed to roam wild in the United States of America? Yeah, methinks that moral conflict has something to do with your convenient silence. But when researching this disgusting incident, I read a lot on the NPR website about the rape, the need for abortion, why pro-lifers are wrong, and so on and so forth. I even read that her rapist was Gerson Fuentes, that Fuentes is 27 years old, that he confessed, and that a municipal judge set the bail at two million bucks. But what I didn't read anywhere in this very lengthy article was that very important part about Gerson Fuentes being a freaking illegal immigrant. So let me help you out, NPR, and finish your reporting for you. Gerson Fuentes is an illegal immigrant, not from Columbus, Ohio, but from Guatemala. He has no legal right to be here at all, and yet here he is, a rapist illegal immigrant who was roaming the streets. Gee, you think in 2015 when then-candidate Donald J. Trump said Mexico isn't sending their best, that some are rapists? Do you think he was talking about scum like, I don't know, Gerson Fuentes? And Fuentes isn't the only rapist illegal immigrant that has waltzed right on in thanks to Biden's wide-open border free-for-all. And those were the ones caught, mind you. Hundreds of thousands of illegals are trotting in here each and every single month. Do y'all pie-in-the-sky leftists really believe none of these people are bad characters? Unfreaking believable We can discuss the merits of having exceptions to abortion restrictions all damn day, but if you liberals won't so much as acknowledge the other half of a tragic and despicable story like this one, there's no dialogue to be had. Do y'all really care about people or just abortion rights? Keep burying your heads in the sand and pretending you sit on a moral high ground. It'll do exactly zero to help anyone, including victims like that 10-year-old little girl. Sick. Just sick.
And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.